0: Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by E.P. Wealth. Headlines aren't jumping off the pages today. Kind of feels um, like things are cooling off after a big hot start. Mid run up in Thanksgiving in the month of November. Waiting for a catalyst. Earnings season is behind us. Now we look for inflation reports. Find, kind of feels like things are cooling off a little bit. <clears throat> Let's get to what we're seeing out in the market. Any questions you have, drop me an email, rob at Let's see. Um, wow. I get a lot of emails. Just throw that down. Um word of the year did you hear this one yesterday this was making the rounds on the news it's authentic um you have to find your authentic voice to play your authentic music you have to be authentic to yourself and your fans so it says taylor swift authentic 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 interesting right i, I kind of get it <clears throat> when we live in a world of twitter posts ex posts that aren't very authentic the word mushroomed up on us huh i try to be authentic on the show um what do we have what do we have yesterday everything was down just a little bit it really we went nowhere fast is the phrase that i like to use The S&P 500 was down one-fifth of one percent. The Dow was down about the same. Ten-year Treasury, 4.39. So maybe we've rallied as far as we're in a rally until we see another reading on inflation to really kickstart us either way. um, Just an assumption that it could happen that way. Won't necessarily. The Israel and Hamas agreed to extend their ceasefire two more days. Um, What a sad situation uh, for humanity, for individual human beings. Um, I don't know. One of the things I say on this show often is I feel that I was lucky to be born to parents who lived on coasts and expect their kids to go to college. Somehow, my mom had six children. If you do the math on that, that's five years of being pregnant. If she's not my hero, I don't know who is but uh sometimes it's, it's i i it's you feel lucky company coming public shine s h e i and if you haven't heard of it, I don't blame you because it's kind of for the younger people. It's a chinese fast fashion company company known for things that are cheap and trendy, recently valued about sixty four billion it might be seeking evaluation as much as $90 billion. Their diddle's commerce game is check on fire. Company's not without liabilities. It's played by allegations of stealing designs and using questionable labor and environmental practices. I'm the opposite of shine. I'm not fast fashion that's trendy. Um, I wear a marmot ski jacket, basically 24 365. Um, I wear diesel jeans. I buy my socks in like a 24-pack and slow, slowly burn through them. Uh, there was a story I didn't really quite grasp onto yesterday, and I don't think it's all that important, but Tesla is having some problems in Sweden. Oh, and by the way, if you want to buy an IPO like Shine, be careful. There's a lot of sizzle that goes into pushing it. And then you go to eat the meat, and you're like, hey, where's the meat? Um, if you don't read the prospectus, don't buy the IPO. Tesla can come get their license plates, so says the Swedish court. Tesla filed lawsuits yesterday against Sweden's transportation agency and its postal service after workers refused to deliver its license plates in solidarity with striking Tesla mechanics. Tesla quickly scored a victory with the court ruling the transportation agency which has an exclusive deal with the postal service for its mail must allow Tesla to pick up the plates directly from its offices within the next week. Um something about delivering new cars to Swedish customers you have to have the license plate. I, I kind of get it. Um it, it it has something to do with the labor depart uh situation in Sweden that's all it's like contracted work collectively. It's not quite a union, but it's more union-like than having workers' rights. Um, But I don't really know Sweden well, so sorry about that. Something I found interesting yesterday was the uh, UAE, United Arab Emirates, um, basically came out and said, you know, the world makes us look like evil people because we sell oil. It's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess the world kind of does do that. Um, what else do we have to hit? Cyber Monday was a big success. But on Cyber Monday, I was going for a kind of a light jog, is the way I would refer to it. And I think I saw two or three Amazon vans in the neighborhoods. I was like, wow, this stuff just never stops. Last year, Amazon delivered more packages to the U.S. than UPS, surpassed them for the first time. FedEx, which has been beat since 2020, Amazon expects to deliver even more boxes this year. It's estimating $5.9 billion up from last year's $5.2 billion. It's kind of a fun fact, right? Interesting, yesterday, Elon Musk, who's caught, recently caught flack for endorsing an anti-Semitic post on X, visited Israel and toured Kibbutz. That was attacked by Hamas with the country's prime minister. I found that to be a little bit odd. And again, some days the news just doesn't really open up like you want it to. Eli Lilly's diabetes drug, Mojerno, performed better for weight loss in Novo Nordisk's Ozempic in a real-world study of overweight or obese adults. Um, it's it's That's going to run for a long time, that drug. That investment. Just throwing that down there for you. That is a big theme. Uh, if we can get many Americans 10 to 20% to weigh less, it's going to have a ripple effect in our economy. What else do we have to hit as far as big stories? No. Let's move into today. Yesterday just didn't create enough for me. Um, okay, there we go. Well, I want to look one last time at yesterday. Yesterday it was kind of interesting. Um, small winners, and I, I bring that up because it was like Amazon was up a, a dollar, Nvidia was up four dollars, Tesla was up 63 cents. It wasn't a big day in any way, shape, or form. That tells me that we're, we're bumping up against a little headwind here. Um, After today's close, CrowdStrike, Intuit, NetApp, Hewlett-Packard, Workday will report their quarterly results. So a bit of a wait-and-see mentality is hanging over the market. Cloud security company Zscaler up 25% from its October 26th low, delivered better than expected earnings. The shares are down 5% today. So again, the big run-up wasn't justified by their earnings. A little bit of a disappointment, but it still holds a lot of those gains from that run up. Up 25% in a month, but down 5% this morning. You can find me online at robloxshow.com.
1: That's Show. Think you're in good shape for retirement? Find out how you're really doing with the seven steps for retirement readiness. Join Rob Black and CFP Chad Burton of EP Wealth Advisors Thursday, December 7th for a live webinar you can watch from home. Chad will walk you through these seven steps to find out whether you are really ready for the retirement you want. Rob will provide timely commentary and Chad will share specific strategies for taxes, income, long-term care, safe money, investing, life goals, and more. If you have at least 500,000 in investable assets and want to better gauge where your retirement stands, pass on your estate and create tax efficiencies, this event is for you the seven steps for retirement readiness webinar thursday december 7th 6 30 to 7 30 p.m sign up today online at robblackshow.com can't make it to the live webinar register to receive an on-demand recording after the webinar concludes go to robblackshow.com let's talk uh, some of the other stories that are out there today there's still some earnings
0: i kind of said that earnings season was over but there's still just a few out there um, CrowdStrike, Intuit, NetApp, Hewlett Packard Enterprises, and Workday. They're just not market movers to me. I feel there's some buyer exhaustion happening right now on Wall Street. And that's okay. Uh, if we were to stop right here, I think we beat most economists and analysts' expectations for the NASDAQ and the SP 500. Even though, again, if you take out the Magnificent Seven, it was kind of a blah year. Now, if you own a 401k and you have exposure to the S&P 500, you you didn't have a blah year. You had a nice year because you had that S&P 500 exposure. It it doesn't not count, you know. It just looks for where's the next round of leadership going to be. Um, Some interesting news. uh, United is getting ready to up their... um commercial flights with the word commercial underlined united airlines is saying that they collect information on 148 million passengers a year and they're considering ramping up its advertising business with a little help with all that data ever since apple and google changed the way how much privacy they share of information with advertisers advertisers are looking to get specific so You may be on a flight to Florida and you may see an advertisement for, hey, make a stop in Orlando and go to Disney World. Last year, and I don't know how you feel about that, seeing advertisements on the seat in front of you. And it could be specific if they know your age and your income, things like that that they're collecting. If they have, if you're a frequent flyer, they could see that you take 14 trips a year. Um, There's some real good targeting that can go on there. Now, last year at a Marriott hotel room, um, I noticed there was an ad for a Rolex. And the the hotel that I was staying at just happened to have a a watch shop downstairs. So Uber has said that they too are doubling down on in-app ads. They think that business is going to hit a billion dollars next year. Marketers are forecast to spend as much as forty-six billion on retail media, with the industry expected to surpass TV ad revenue by twenty twenty-eight. More ads are coming. How do you feel about that? Let's move on, shall we? Um, Cyber Monday: twelve point four billion. That that's not as fun of a story to me as Amazon has now become the dominant delivery company. Very similar stories, but slight difference. Um, let's move on with our content. Wells Fargo said that 2024 could be sloppy, especially in the first half. I look at 2024 with a little bit of dread. I do not enjoy the political season. I do not enjoy the... um. I'm just going to say hate or shame or whatever comes along with trying to win an election. Chris Harvey, the head of equity strategy, sees a volatile path to his S&P 500 target of 46.25 next year. So he's thinking 46.25 by the time we end. And we're currently at 45.46. He's not calling for a big move. That's just 75 points from where we are. Can we go higher, he says? A little bit. But I just don't think he can go a ton higher. People have talked about um, 5,000, and he doesn't see how we get there. In his official outlook, Harvey told clients to race for a trader's market instead of a buy and hold situation. I can kind of see that. He sees opportunities. What we want to do is we want to go places that are oversold, He has upgraded his outlook on utilities because as interest rates have moved higher, he can get 4 or 5% keeping it in a money market. Whereas I used to say, hey, if you want to own something like a Duke Energy, they're a utility on the East Coast and they'll pay you 3.5%, which isn't bad income. But why get that when you can get a higher return for boring and safe with a money market versus boring and safe utilities? Anyway, Wells Fargo also upgraded to healthcare. Those are areas that have good valuations, decent fundamentals, and most people really aren't there at this point. I don't see him as as too far off. Um, I, that's not my market call. I, I ha- don't have one, but I, I find it really interesting his his approach and his thinking. <clears throat> um, other stories to hit right here, right now. Um, I don't, I'm going to hit this one a little later, long-term care, because it's not lost on me that Rosalind Carter has passed and America is processing that Jimmy Carter's 99 years old. He's receiving hospice care and she was in hospice care. And these are two great Americans who've dedicated themselves to service. And the last 20 years of their life, we're, we're in very poor health. So we want to talk long-term care. I'll do it probably next segment. This segment, let's hit this uh, quickie. <clears throat> um, I just upgraded a, one of my heaters in the home and put in a heat pump. I'm a big fan of saving money on energy costs, especially when you have two kids who leave the door open and always seem to be doing laundry. But heat pump water heaters are a winner for your wallet. Consider it if you have an old home. If you have a gas heater, yeah, you could probably go, I'm going to stay with natural gas because down the road we won't be able to get it. Um, Heat pumps can save you on average of 17 to 32% of your energy usage. That's a lot. Joe Smith, he was a basketball player. He was a number one draft pick. He went from making eight figures to losing it all. The man literally has nothing. He made over $61 And the thought there that I want to get to is he only has $3,000 in the bank account now. He's got $150,000 in debt. People think that athletes are automatic millionaires for life. They're not. More than... Uh, many end up being broke or bankrupt three years after they leave their professional sports in large part One. because they have reckless spending, bad investments, and costly divorces. I own a very expensive home right now. And when I stop working, it's going to be stressful because I have that, um, uh, not the mortgage payments, not the stressful part, part. It's the taxes, property taxes, that when I stop working and the income stops coming in, I'm going to see more money going out and it's going to stress me out. 30. So, understand that there are stars like LeBron James and Steph Curry, um, who are very good at what they do and they make a lot of money, but they also have good business managers. And you, the listener of this podcast, broadcast, you need to look at yourself as, I need a business manager. I would be very cautious on doing it your own. Okay. Um, taxes can get you in a lot of trouble if you're inefficient. And if you don't pay them, what's that mean? Think about it for the segment. I'm Rob Black. We'll take a break. Be right back. Questions about social security. Check out the social security retirement
1: guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com powered by EP. Well,
0: I'm Rob Black talking all things, financial money, investing and more. Let's hit some more ideas. One in four consumers have fallen victim to package theft. One in four. I'm not sure if I have. Um, I've seen it happen. And there's two things I I hate seeing theft happen in live uh, real time. Uh, it just it does upset you, right? I was once in a car right next to a Disney store and it got flash mobbed as far as uh, theft goes, and I was just like, whoa. A, I'm glad I'm not in that store with my kids, and B, I feel bad for the employees. Uh, It is interesting to note that I have a Toyota vehicle and uh, a truck. And one day, looking out the window, there was a guy underneath my car. And I don't own a gun, But if I did, I would have grabbed it. Uh, He was trying to steal my catalytic converter. And I think I would have shot him in his leg. I'm not sure. Don't know what ended up up happening. But by the time I got down there, you know, he started to pick up that I was there. And his getaway car came and got him. Um, He didn't get it. But (laughs) the funny part is uh, there's construction on my road. And I lived down a long country road. And the cops got them pretty fast, so but that's a pretty upsetting one. So one in four consumers have fallen victim to package theft and online deliveries be prime targets, obviously uh, during the holidays. On average, consumers plan to spend five hundred and forty seven dollars in online orders this holiday season. That's three and a half times higher than what consumers typically spend online Um, In an average month, average month, we spend about one hundred and forty five dollars this holiday season, five hundred and forty seven. So there's a lot more expensive goodies outside of your house. Uh, Doorbell cameras, um, they seem to do nothing for people. The average value of a stolen package. Eighty one dollars and ninety one cents. Most porch pirate incidents occurred at a single unit residential home. Uh, Versus condominiums or apartments. So 49% are at single family homes. 25% of victims never received a refund for the stolen items. $145 is the average monthly spend, like I said. So if you're not getting a refund. And one in four packages are being stolen. That's another part of that whole theft economy that. It's pretty damaging, pretty damning. Anyway, I don't want to stick on that topic for too long. It's a little bit depressing. Let's talk about long-term care insurance. Um, Long-term care, the last three years of my mother's life, she spent in long-term care. And the last two, she was kind of confined due to COVID. Long-term care is a nursing home. Uh, when I visited her and she was healthy or when I visit her and she was more healthy in the first year, uh, it stank. It was like a prison. And, you know, you had to check in, you kind of, you had to check her out to take her to lunch. And 70% of Americans turning sixty-five, seventy 70% of Americans turning 65 this year will need some sort of long-term care or support. Have you figured that it's into your budget? I think you should. The median cost of a stay is $5,148 per month. With a private room, it jumps to $9,000 per month. I wouldn't want to stay with a roommate who is 85 and has dementia. That's not how my golden years... If I'm going to go into a home because I'm pooping myself, I can't get out of bed, and I've got... Uh, rheumatoid arthritis, which a friend of mine, his mother has rheumatoid arthritis. And he said, you know, it really should be called rheumatoid disease because you just get really, really weak everywhere. I'm like, okay, I, I hear you. arthritis makes it sound like you can't open a jar of pickles. Um, but he's in a situation where his parent poops regularly because their arthritis is so bad they can't get out of bed. So $9,000 a month. Have you factored in? a year to have someone take care of you. It pays to set up a benefit, a set benefit. You can say it usually is a maximum daily or monthly benefit such as up to $6,000 per month for a nursing home or a home health care worker. Some policies will only reimburse you for what you spend on care while others will send you cash for the value of the benefit once you start needing care regardless of the actual cost. Long-term care insurers cap your lifetime benefit. A policy might pay you $165,000 total for care. If you spend past the policy limits, you're back on your own. Policy limits fit the needs for most retirees. Men on average need 2.2 years of long-term care. Women on average 3.7 years of care. Right now, about 20% of 65-year-olds and up need care for up to five years or longer so again, if it's capped at 165000 and you're spending on the low end for a roommate, 5000 a month, that's going to come out to 60000 times three, in the three years, you've gone over your benefit now. So the average man needs 2.2 years, the average woman needs 3.7 years. Insurance can enhance government benefits. You have long-term care insurance. You can use the policy to pay for a better facility. that won't accept Medicaid. If your policy runs out and you do end up going into Medicaid, some governments consider whether you bought insurance beforehand. So, for example, say you buy $250,000 of long-term care insurance and spend down the entire policy, forcing you to pay for care with your personal savings. Um... It is not pretty. It is one area where I see more people mismanage their need for long-term care as they think they just can't afford it when they're in their 50s and 60s to pay for it, forgetting that, yeah, if you make it to 80, you're probably going in. I've got an in-law right now who's probably pretty close. Uh, Premiums are expensive, especially for women. If you're a 55-year-old female, um, uh, it's probably you're going to pay $3,600 more uh, per year. So, no, no, excuse me. A 55-year-old male is going to pay $2,100 a year, whereas a 55-year-old woman is going to pay $3,600 per year. Now, here's where I dated a woman who was like, Women get screwed because they have to pay more for dry cleaning. They have to pay more for fashion. And uh, she didn't like the financial like, angle there of how it plays out unevenly in retail stores. Well, how about healthcare? A 55-year-old woman's paying almost 50% more than a 55-year-old male. A 65-year-old male would pay $3,135 per year for the same coverage. Well, a 65-year-old female would pay $5,265. So it can be pretty expensive. If you lock in when you're in your 50s, you tend to get a better rate. But again, do I really want to spend $6,000 a year right now buying long-term care when I might have a heart attack and die in 10 years and never use that long-term care? The answer is I do want to do it. <laughs> um but the only way the insurance companies are going to do it is if you start younger. You don't have to start at 30 or 40. You can start at mid early 50s. But it's not cheap. Um, you have to pass health underwriting standards. You have to be reasonably healthy. You can't wait until you're in a facility and need help. People age 55 to 69 in reasonably good health are generally the best fit for long-term care insurance. 80 is the maximum age to apply for most companies. There's some hybrid policies, and this is where it gets kind of difficult being an an elderly person. I'm in my 50s, and I can barely read without glasses anymore. I can still do it, but um, it's tougher and tougher. super pays to compare insurers that's something that a good cfp can help you with Um, long-term care insurance market is small there's six basic insurers selling standalone policies names like mutual of omaha thrivent national guardian new york life northwestern bankers life Um, they all tend to be very similar but getting a couple quotes um, from companies there's an am best rating for financial stability to pay future claims it's not massive differences, but there is a difference between a Mercedes and a Honda. Uh, with long-term care insurance, basically, they're all selling Hondas, but there's differences in price. So it's worth getting a CFP to do a, a review of your long-term care needs. Um, I use a CFP, Brad. He's with EP Wealth. Um, I, I think they're worth every penny. So for less than 1% a year They basically safeguard your, your wealth uh, That's the way I look at it Anyway, got a big event coming up December 7th December 7th is a webinar on retirement readiness Long-term care is going to be discussed You should learn about it Sign up at Problack Show It's December 7th It is a webinar, 6.30pm If you missed the webinar, if you signed up You get a chance to see it again But if you didn't sign up, it's not going to be on demand You can find the webinar at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. You are listening to the Rob Black Show podcast. For more information on EP Wealth, visit
1: robblack.com. That's robblack.com. I'm Rob Black talking all
0: things financial money, investing, and more. I wasn't trying to get you down about long-term care. I just wanted you to know some of the basic ideas. Um, I think the big takeaway is men on average need 2.2 years. Women need 3.7 And let's just say the four, let's say you're, you're, let's say two and three at 60 to $100,000 a year, you need to have an extra 120 to 200,000 if you're a man and another 200, 300,000 if you're a woman and more and more Americans are, are falling into this. more and more Americans are are in denial that they're going to need it. 70% of Americans turning 65 this year will need some sort of long-term care and support. Um, It happened in my family. Now, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, like my dad, when he got cancer, he needed care, but it was his wife that took care of him and his sons, Um, women have a different financial plan need than men do. And if I were a betting man, I would say I'm going to go before my spouse, but sometimes it doesn't work out like that. Uh, When I turn 55, uh, 55 to 60 in that range, I plan to get long-term care. So I can wait as long as it's to 65, but I'll get 200 to $300,000 of coverage as a set benefit, I hope that helps a lot of you think on what a good CFP does. Is they stop you from losing your wealth? Um, and CFP Chad Burton jokes all the time about like his goal. His best financial plan would be that you bounce the final check for your funeral, um, or maybe run out of money that day. That's. Cutting it close, you know? Um, A lot of people my age say, can I afford to retire? I'm part of Generation X. Some people say that they don't want to retire. Some people are forced to retire. Some people lose their job in their 50s and they're going to look back for work and it's tougher to get a job. I started saving for retirement in college. There was a two-year period where I wasn't funding my 401k. Um, I think that stinks. But even I make mistakes. I had stocks. I just, I wasn't having on my paycheck. It was like stupid. Um, And it was just a forgotten error. For Generation X, often called the forgotten generation, born between 1965 and 1980, retirement's not that far off. Most haven't planned for it all. Typical Generation X household has saved just 40000 And again, when I start talking about long-term health care costs of one hundred thousand sixty dollars to $100,000 a year for one person, this ain't cheap. Um, most Generation Xers don't have pensions. Think of the t- people who do have pensions. Um, I used to give speeches to the California Teachers Association. They would have me go in and talk to their first time teachers, who they do a big conference for. And I wouldn't scare them, but I said, you know, your retirement plan, your pension plan is just it, you're gonna need to supplement it. Your guarantee is it's it's going to need to be supplemented. You what you're getting for working low low wages, and I guess firefighters and police officers and teachers, I want them all the same. I think we need them. Um, but they're not getting $250,000 a year. They're not getting stock options. Um, You have to save some money on the side. Um, What stinks is a lot of those unions invite in insurance people to sell annuities. Bad idea. If you hear an annuity or an insurance person try to give investment advice, uh, don't run away screaming and kicking, but move on quickly. I saw an interesting statistic that said more than half of Americans quickly fail at retirement. Um, the quote that I saw was about 50 to 60%. I'm doing a podcast radio show right now, and I could be done in two years. I could be done in 15. It's somewhere in that range. I have no clue what I'm going to do when I retire. I look forward to it because part of my job here is to look at world news and i don't like looking at world news i want to go back to the day when i was 18 to 22 where all i cared about was the woman that i was in love with and you know moving forward in life with travel and with happiness so that's the worst part about my job is having to look at daily news one of the best parts of it's getting to look at individual companies and figuring out their stories Bill Gates gets almost $500 million in annual dividend income. Um, I found that just to be fun to play with. I looked at his top five income holdings, um, and I I agree with every one of them. Every one of them I would have in my portfolio Deer and Caterpillar. Caterpillar does construction and mining equipment, whereas Deer is more agricultural and construction machinery. Um, They both pay nice dividends. Caterpillar is about thirty per share. Uh, that contributes thirty-eight million dollars to uh, um, Bill Gates' dividends. John Deere pays a buck. Uh, no, how they paying? Buck uh, thirty-five, and that contributes twenty-one million dollars. Uh, the three other names that he has: waste management. They're North America's largest trash company. That's a t- tough business. Tough business to get permitted for. They've got a nice dividend. He also owns Canadian National Railway, a good dividend, a top American transportation logistics company. He's probably not owning it for growth. He's probably just a little bit of growth, but he's owning it for that premium income of being an aristocrat, consistently paying the dividend over time. And, of course, he owns Microsoft that pays a small dividend. Anyhow, and anyway, you can find me online at Roblox Show, Twitter Roblox Show, YouTube Roblox Show. Big December 7th webinar coming up. It's the last event of the year. I'd like for you to sign up if you want to learn more about retirement readiness. This event's for people with $500,000 in investable assets or more. You can sign up at Rob Black show. It's December 7th at 630
1: Sign up today. Think you're in good shape for retirement? Find out how you're really doing with the seven steps for retirement readiness. Join Rob Black and CFP Chad Burton of EP Wealth Advisors Thursday, December 7th for a live webinar you can watch from home. Chad will walk you through these seven steps to find out whether you are really ready for the retirement you want. Rob will provide timely commentary and Chad will share specific strategies for taxes, income, long-term care, safe money, investing, life goals, And more. If you have at least $500,000 in investable assets and want to better gauge where your retirement stands, pass on your estate, and create tax efficiencies, this event is for you the 7 Steps for Retirement Readiness Webinar, Thursday, December 7th, 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. Sign up today online at robblackshow.com. Can't make it to the live webinar? Register to receive an on-demand recording after the webinar concludes. Go to robblackshow.com.